Summertime, but it feels cold. Sun's out, it ain't trying to know. I'm just trying to make it through the day. Ain't thinking about tomorrow. As it lead me down to sleep, I pray the Lord my soul to keep. Cause there's darkness all around me. Told my brother we gon' slide. We gon' ride. Welcome, welcome, welcome. I would like to welcome you to another episode of the Unpopular Podcast. This is the man, the myth, the legend. Jalen Hunter. And if you do me a favor, please subscribe to whoever you're listening. Please subscribe to whoever you're watching. It definitely means a lot to me. For people that's asking me, which a lot of people are asking me, actually. Uh, no, I didn't have COVID. Um, I appreciate the people, of course, that are asking. I missed the last, what, a week and a half, um, which is like three episodes. I, said, I went on vacation. Uh, when you do two episodes a week it, 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 and you're pretty much a one-man band, it gets tiring, you know, and I needed, I needed, I needed a break. So I appreciate everyone that asked. Uh, no, again, I did not have COVID. Thank God, of course. And yeah, I just, I just needed a break. I, I went on vacation. I didn't bring my laptop. I didn't bring my mic. And yeah, um, I was, I'm good. I'm good. I'm, I'm back. I'm ready to pod. I'm, I'm, I'm recharged. So let's get it, man. While we were gone, of course, the NBA Finals concluded. Uh, Golden State won in six games against the Boston Celtics. So I'm not going to sit here and talk and break down the whole series. It's, the Jones over with now. I'm not going to sit here and talk about this, that, and third. What I will say is this. We know Golden State's a dynasty. This is their fourth championship in eight years. Um and the question or the conversation that you're hearing now is, is Steph Curry top 10? I don't care where you put Steph Curry at. You, he can be 10. He can be 30. He can be 15. I don't care where you put him at. One thing that I will say is, if you look at every dynasty, I don't think there's been a lot of them. I think there's, you know, the Chicago Bulls, uh, the... I think for a brief moment, there was the Spurs with Tim Duncan and, and Mon Ginobili, Tony Parker. Uh, there was, the like I said, Jordan Bulls. I will say Kobe and Shaq Lakers. Uh, what I'm saying is when you look at most dynasties or most great teams in general, great teams that have lasting success, uh, there's a, there's a, there's usually a catalyst, a player that, Makes the engine go. It doesn't mean that there's only one player, but there's usually a player that you can build around that that a, a player that is transcendent. And every dynasty has it. If you go back, <laughs> I'm laughing because I'm about to talk about Bill Russell in the in the in the the Boston Celtics dynasty back in the day. When I've been killed, I killed Bill Russell on the on the on a regular basis. <laughs> but needless to say, especially for that time, Bill Russell was that dude. Uh, Magic Johnson and the Lakers, Jordan and the Bulls, Kobe and Shaq. And well, I'm gonna say mostly Kobe because when Shaq left, Kobe did end up winning two more. Uh, Steph Curry is that player. Without Steph Curry, there will be there would be no dynasty. There would be no 
Golden State Warriors as we know it. Yeah, they can end up still drafting Draymond Green. They can end up still drafting Klay Thompson. They can knock the draft out the park year after year after year. But if there was no Steph Curry, there would be no Golden State dynasty. Do I think Golden State can come back and win it next year? I do. But I also think I'm not going to be naive and just say, oh, yeah, they're going. Like, no, it's, it's going to be tough. But I do know that if you have Steph Curry leading the way, you have a good shot. Let me briefly talk about the finals. The reason why I picked Golden State in six is the exact reason why Golden State won in six. On paper, and I said this before, but on paper, Boston was the better team. You know, you had the better, you know, the number one defensive team. Boston was great offensively. You were you were led by two dynamic scores and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. You had the defensive player of the year and Marcus Smart. You had a, a, a veteran, even though he hasn't been to the finals, or this was his first finals, you have a, a savvy vet in uh, Al Horford. You have really key bench players like Derek White, uh, Grant Williams. On paper, you have the better team. But there's something to be had when, one, you have – you're going against the best player in the, in, the, in the finals, and you've never been there before. You see, there was a lot of times when you looked at Boston – and thought to yourself, oh, they're rattled. I don't think you ever, even though, you know, Golden State did one game lose by 16, they had the epic fourth quarter meltdown in game one. You never thought to yourself, oh, Golden State's rattled. You thought, yeah, they won, or yeah, they lost, and they could lose this series, but you never thought to yourself, they ain't rattled. Boston... Even a lot of games they won. That the first game was a game four, three, game three. You felt to yourself, oh, they're they're kind of rattled. Their best player, Jason Tatum, couldn't hit the side of a barn in the fourth quarters. The important quarters. Every single third quarter, except for like one in the entire series, Golden State won. Players that players like Jordan Poole started stepping up later to, later in the series. Andrew Wiggins could have been the Finals MVP if it wasn't for the heroics of Steph Curry. These are players that have that were this was their first time being there. However, when you had when you're playing along somebody that is a three time champion and Steph, three time champion Draymond Green, three time champion and Andre Gudala, who was the I'm gonna say hybrid. Udonis Haslam for Golden State because he was at least playing uh, for, periodically. When you have, what, two or th- two championships or two or three championships or three championships now like Kevon Looney, it eases, eases a lot of your attention. You can just go out there and play because you know you can look to your left, you can look to your right, and nobody's panicking because they've been there before. So, congratulations to Golden State. Congratulations to Steph Curry for finally winning his first Finals MVP. I think it should be his second. He's the only player in NBA history to average 25 or more points in a Finals. 
on the winning team and lose the finals MVP. Uh, and that was back in 2015. So shouts out to him. Shouts out to Clay, man. You know, being gone for damn near a thousand days to come back and 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 he he didn't have a he didn't have a signature moment in the playoff. I mean, in the finals, but he had big moments in. Well, he had a big game six against. Uh, Memphis, he had a big game five against Dallas. He had some clutch shots in uh, the Denver series. Just shouts out to shouts out to Golden State, man, and shouts out to Boston. I don't. I said this on Twitter, and I mean it. I think if Boston had a play, had a had a pass first point guard, they would have won the series. And what do I mean by that? One thing that you saw for Boston outside of the whole getting rattled part is they didn't have a player that can create a shot for their best players. Their best players being Jalen Brown, their best players being Jason Tatum. They did not have another player that can create shots for them. Now, I understand Boston's offense has run by a lot of ISO as far as with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown, but... That doesn't necessarily work in the finals, as you saw, actually mostly in the playoffs, because Jalen Jason Tatum had what over a hundred turnovers the entire playoffs, which is the most in NBA playoff history. Yes, you have Marcus Smart, but Marcus Smart is a player that excels on defense and getting his own shot. Not saying that he is Steph Curry, but he excels at 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 being Marcus Smart. Marcus Smart does, is not, yes, he can have some fancy passes here and there, but Marcus Smart is not known for being a pass first point. And because of that, you're, Jason Brown, Jason Brown, Jalen Brown is allowed to go one-on-one and take terrible shots, in the, terrible one-legged shots in the lane with 18 seconds left. Or Jason Tatum can go ice cold and have nobody else relieve him. Or nobody else help him get an easy bucket. Andrew Wiggins put him in a torture chamber. And it was easier for Andrew Wiggins to do that because nobody else was able to, outside of Jalen Brown, was able to relieve the offensive pressure from Jason Tatum. Now, I know this There's you know this is the extreme, clearly, because he's, he's a future Hall of Famer. But if they had someone like a Chris Paul... Um, if they had someone like a Chris Paul, I think they would win easily now. I know you're saying that's Chris Paul. That's Chris, that's Chris Paul. I know, I know. Let me let me give you a a, a better or a, a more reasonable player. If they had someone like maybe like a John Wall. A player that while yes, he thrives with scoring, well, you know, getting to the rim, scoring at the at the bucket. John Wall is known for getting other players involved and, and being one of the top assist players when he's playing. Uh, maybe it, Dennis Shooter is more of an offensive. Maybe a, I don't know, a Jalen Brunson. Maybe just a, 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 a player that not only can get their own shot but looks to pass more. I just feel Boston would have had a better shot. Now, for people that are saying Boston's going to be back, I don't know. They they could. Boston Boston and Golden State are kind of built the same way as far as, you know, you build from the draft, you build from key acquisitions uh, and, and free agency, 
Jason Tatum's just gonna be a year better. He's only twenty four. Um Market or Jalen Brown's twenty five. They're still very young. This was their first finals. They could be back. There's I mean, they were the number one defense last year. So I I don't you know, Ame Doka has them playing ferocious defense. I do think that it, they did benefit. And Golden State too benefited off Chris Middleton not being there. I think Boston not Boston, I think Milwaukee would have been a tougher matchup. A healthy Milwaukee would have been a tougher matchup for both Boston and Golden State. But, and of course, we have to see what happens with other teams in the East. Uh, but I will just say shouts out to Boston for making it to the finals. Shouts out to Jason Tatum. Shouts out to Jalen Brown and all them people. And again, shouts out to Golden State for winning their fourth championship in eight years. Sixth championship overall, I believe, in franchise history. Shouts out to Steph Curry for being the finals MVP. And... You know, as we move forward, we'll talk a little bit about, you know, what each team needs to do to get back to said point. What every team in the NBA, we'll break down pretty much every team's, we're not doing it today, but every team's off, you know, off-season to-do list to get better. So, shouts out to Golden State for winning the finals. Shouts out to Boston for making the finals. So, recently, we had the NBA draft. Now, a lot of people like to do these winners and losers list. I don't like doing that sort of <laughs> because I think everyone that was drafted deserves to be drafted. And I don't like to just ish on people's, you know, people or teams drafting X player when they should have drafted X. I will critique some draft picks, but I will preference it by saying preference preference it by saying Congratulations to every single player that got drafted in this year's draft. Every player deserved to be drafted. Every player, you know, even the players that didn't get drafted that may, you know, got unsigned or signed two-way contracts to to, to summer league teams. Shouts out to you guys, man. Um, hell, if you want to, don't look as far as Fred Van Vliet. Just because you didn't get drafted doesn't mean you're not going to make it. Um but shouts out to everyone that's playing or everyone that got drafted. Everyone that got drafted deserved to be drafted. So let me let me dissect some things. One thing that I kind of noticed is there were three clear-cut number one draft picks. And what I mean by number one draft picks, if the Magic, who had the number one overall pick, if they would have picked one of three people, which was Chet Holgram, Jabari Smith, and who they who they ultimately picked, and Paolo Banquero, nobody would have batted eye. Nobody would have been like, damn, they picked Chet? Or they picked Jabari? I don't know about that. There were three clear-cut number one overall picks. Now, I'm not going to compare them to previous number one overall picks, but at least for this draft, there were three bona fide number one picks. And that kind of, I'm going to say, first, first, I will say congratulations to the Thunder. The Thunder, the Thunder knocked it out the park. I mean, getting Chet Holgram, he's, they're going to pair him up with Josh Giddy in SGA. Uh, they also drafted Jalen Williams from Santa Clara. They also traded the Knicks or the Knicks trade the 11th pick to OKC, which is Ozman Dang. 
And they still got like a thousand to one draft picks. The thun, uh, I don't, I don't know exactly. I mean, they got Jalen Williams as well in the second round. I don't know. I will say this: the the Thunder know exactly who they are and what they will be. They know that there's no way that they're going to compete. Not even, not even just for a title, but for playoffs. I don't think they're 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 still young. They're not good enough to compete for a champ or for a playoff spot. But one thing that they are, they're developing. They're 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 trying to do. They know they're not going to hit a, a Kevin Durant at the park. They or in the draft. They know they're not going to hit a, a Russell Westbrook, a James Harden. They know they're not going to do that. But what they can do is they can draft a Chet Holgram at second. They can trade for SGA. They can get Josh Giddy and 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 develop them. So what the what the Thunder's doing, they're playing the long game. They're playing the developing game. What they're trying to do is they're trying to do what, what, what Boston and Golden State did, which is, of course, develop from the draft, develop from key acquisitions via trade or via free agency, and and just develop and, and try to – Try to try to bred their their wins outside of trying to bring a. Now, of course, I think they wouldn't mind bringing a star. They wouldn't mind bringing a big player like a Kevin Durant, like another big player. But what it, it, we know, Oklahoma City is not a desirable destination for free agents. So what they're doing is they're trying to build from the draft. They're trying to build from key acquisitions. I mean, they still have like. 19 to 20 first round draft picks in the next three four years so now of course they're not probably going to draft all those players but they still are working with ammunition and to get at the second to get a player in Chet Holgram who could have went number one and nobody would have batted an eye I just think that they they knocked the draft out the park man because I the biggest knock on Chet is, of course, his frame. He is a very skinny player, um, and he he did. I'm not gonna say he struggled per se, but he didn't have his best games when he played against NBA player or now NBA players, which is Paolo Bancaro. He didn't have his best game, um, but. I do like the confidence in Chet. I do like his his scoring ability, his block, his his off his defensive ability. I don't know how good that will be uh, in the leagues. I mean, yes, he'll still be tall, but now you're playing with bigger, more physical players. And Chet, being how tall he is, I think they're going to try to put him in the Kevin Durant realm as far as a hybrid, small forward, power forward type. Because I don't think he's big enough, at least right now, to go up against a Giannis, to go up against a Joel Embiid, to go up against a Nikola Jokic. Um, but I think with development, hopefully that can change. So, but even still, I'm not, I'm not crapping on the pick. I really like Check or Chet. I don't know if he was the best player, but he could have went number one without blinking an eye or without anyone blinking an eye or saying anything. So, shouts out to Thunder. Shouts out to the Magic, man. The ma- so the magic at the number one overall pick, you could have went one of three ways, like I've been saying. But when you have so many holes that need to be filled, when you have a number one overall pick, one you need to knock it out the park, and two, you just need to get the best player because 
one play one need is not going to one clogged up hole is not going to just completely negate the whole <laughs> all the other holes and you know they're a young team just like the thunder's a young team i think the thunder is a little more advanced in them but getting paolo is tough uh, I, I do think that was the best pick i think he's the over i, I think what shouts out to Jalen Rose. He said it. When you're the Magic, when you have the number one overall pick and you have so many needs, what you need to do is you need to go for the best player. And I feel they did that. Uh, Paolo was incredible in Duke. Uh, I think he needs to develop his shot more. But you know, he Paolo was the best player in the draft, in my opinion, and that's what they got. So shouts out to the Magic. Um, Rockets got Jabari Smith. I'm not mad at it. Pair him up with. You know, Jalen Green and and see where that goes. While we're praising a lot of these picks, I guess the, it's not really a questionable pick. I understand it, but I don't know if I still would have done it. And that is the Kings drafting King and Murray. I understand why they drafted him. And that's no offense to Keegan Murray. Keegan Murray is a really good player out of Iowa. He could have went. I mean, him going fourth is not really saying much. As far like that's not a bad thing, but a lot of people thought the best overall player in this draft and the the most NBA ready player in this draft outside of Jabari Smith was Jaden Ivey, and he was right there. <laughs> um, I do think. Again, I understand why the Kings didn't draft Jaden Ivey. When you have De'Aaron Fox, when you also have uh, Demonis Sabonis, you don't need another slash, you know, score first point guard, especially when you have De'Aaron Fox. Now, if you were to have traded De'Aaron Fox, which a lot of there was a lot of rumors swirling that the that the Kings could do that, then I understand you getting Jaden. Ivy, and I wouldn't be mad if you got Jaden Ivy, even with Darren Fox. I don't know if I would have got Keegan Murray, but I understand why they did it. So while I'm not hating on the pick, or I'm not confused about the pick, I still would have went with Jaden Ivy, but I understand why they didn't. Um, who's a sleeper of the draft? I have two, and one's not really a sleeper, seeing as though he went inside the top ten. But Benedict Matherith, Matherin, sorry, uh, from Arizona went to Pit, Pit, uh, Pacers. I think that was the best place for him, and I think that he could be one of the sleepers of this draft. I liked him in college, uh, especially you know the run that Arizona had last year. I thought he could be the best player, one of the best players in the draft, and clearly the, the Pacers thought that picking him sixth. I just think that he could he could surprise a lot of people. He could end up being the Tyrese Halliburton for the Pacers, even though they have Tyrese Halliburton. What I'm saying is I think that he could turn into that draft pick where it's like, wow, he he could he could fight for rookie of the year. That's how good I think he could be, especially in the system that the Pacers have. Um I thought it was knocking the park. And I honestly thought Ochai Abaji going to the going to the Cleveland Cavaliers was big too. Um, he does need some work, especially in the league. Go, you know, 
developing his game to the league standard. But I really like him going to the Cleveland Cavaliers, playing alongside Darius Garland, uh, Evan Mobley, Jared Allen. Colin Sexton supposed to be coming back, see what happens there. So I do like that pick. You know, he he's still an adult in the room, seeing though he was a senior last year. Uh, I like that pick. You know, there are some picks. Actually, I do like uh, the Grizzlies getting Ty Ty Washington Jr. I thought when once he started dropping, I was like, oh shoot, is he is is Golden State about to get Ty Ty? I don't know if that would have made sense, seeing as though you have Steph, you have Jordan Poole. Uh, but if they get Ty Ty, eight shouts out. That they ended up getting Patrick Baldwin Jr. out of Milwaukee, who was an incredible shooter, probably one of the best shooters in the draft. But the Grizzlies getting Ty Ty, we don't know what's going to happen with uh, Tyrus Jones. I think it, it, it gives you a viable backup point guard from for John Morant. I like that pick, especially seeing as though he was projected to be at least top 10. And you get him at 29, I think that was a great pick, man. I think that that can be a, a sleeper. Now, he was then traded to Houston, but I do think um, – damn, so he's not going to be there. I apologize. I do think that Houston – well, now that I think about it, I don't know if that was a smart pick because what's going to go on with Houston – I don't know, because you still have Dennis Smith Jr. You still have Houston. I mean, you still have John Wall, and, of course, he opted into his contract, which I, everyone knew he would. I don't know. I just like Ty Ty. Houston getting Ty Ty. That, there's, they're a young team. They're trying to develop, too. Houston getting him as well as Jabari Parker uh, or Jabari Smith. I like it. Now, there was some picks. Some picks I just didn't get. I, it, it, it was confusing to me. <laughs> and one of them, okay, the Wizards, man. And shouts out to Johnny Davis. Everyone, pretty much going into it, everyone knew that Johnny Davis, if he was there at 10, he probably was going to get snatched up. He's a, he's a really good scorer, really good shooter, probably takes some offensive, offensive responsibility off of Bradley Bill if Bradley Bill does decide to resign. But one thing that boss that that not Boston, one thing that Washington has needed for a long time is a reliable point guard. A point guard that can be a point guard, a good point guard. And I thought Washington was going to get Ty Ty Washington. I thought he was the he was the best remaining point guard in the draft. I, I, I Needless to say, they didn't get that. They got Johnny Davis. And while I do like Johnny Davis, I just don't know how fast he's going to develop to an NBA game or to the NBA speed. The NBA is, as we clearly know, the NBA is different from, you know, the NBA is different, man. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. But shouts I just I just thought they should have went with a point guard like a, a a legit point guard. I'm not upset with the Johnny Davis. I just would have went point guard route seeing as a Washington has needed a point guard for a minute now. So also Minnesota So the Grizzlies drafted Walker Kessler at 22. 
which then they ultimately traded to Minnesota. Minnesota. So Minnesota has Carl Anthony Towns, who just won or was named third team All NBA. They have what's it? Nas Reed. They also have Vanderbilt. They have a lot of bigs. So why would you go with Walker Kessler? It just doesn't make sense to me. I know he was one of the best defensive players of the uh, last year for Auburn. I just don't understand. And I also don't understand why the even if this trade didn't go through, why the Grizzlies would have drafted him as high as twenty two. He's not the best offensive. He's he's a tradition. He's kind of like a um. He's another Stephen Adams, and. There were times, especially in these playoffs, where Steven Adams were, was unplayable just due to the fact that he was not that good offensively. That's kind of what Walker Kessler is, and he's not that good as a perimeter defender because he's just that big. I just don't understand why they got him. But you know, I'm not saying he shouldn't have been drafted, but as high as 22, especially when you would have been able to get him a lot down the line, I don't get it, but... Hey, it is what it is. And now the the pick that Stephen A. Smith has been talking about for the past what day or two, you know, the the Knicks dra- are trading away their 11th pick. The Knicks pretty much who the Knicks end up getting. The Knicks ended up getting I think one player, which was because uh, <laughs> the Knicks traded their 11th pick to OKC. Um, the Knicks ended up getting homie from Duke, Trevor Keels. You know what the Knicks are doing? I just, I don't remember who I just talked about, but the Knicks are doing exactly what, uh, exactly what, or they're doing the exact opposite. Or trying to do the exact opposite. Shout out to Bobby Marks. He said it too. Shout doing the exact opposite of what Boston and Golden State's doing. When you look at Boston and Golden State, most of their players are drafted. Or, you know, yeah, drafted by them. You know, Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, um, Marcus Smart. You can go to Golden State, Steph, Clay, Dre, James Wiseman, who didn't play that much due to injury. Um, Jordan Poole, <laughs> Moses Moody. They're most of their important play. Kevon Looney. Most of their important players on both teams were drafted. They they were smart in the draft. They made really smart decisions. They made really smart picks. They made really good picks. Then they developed their players. Now, a, a lot of the draft is luck. A lot of it. A lot of the draft is luck. You know, who would have thought that Minnesota would have drafted two point guards before they drafted Steph Curry? Who would have thought teams, every team would have passed on Draymond Green, including Golden State, until the second round? Who would have thought that Klay Thompson would have lasted until, what, the 11th pick? Now, hindsight is twenty twenty. Yes, we do know this. But the draft is a little bit of luck. Like you, th- I do think Steph Curry would be great, but 
Do you think that Steph Curry would be this good if he was drafted by, I don't know, say the Minnesota Timberwolves? Maybe the Knicks, a, dra- a pick after Golden State? Who knows? But what you are what you saw Boston do is they, Boston, you know, they got Jason Tatum in the draft via trade for 76ers. They were able to get Jalen Brown. They were able to get Grant Williams. They were able to get Marcus Smart. They were able to draft very well. And and when I say luck, and I'm not, it's not just the Knicks. You know, people don't talk about the Kings. How they, again, hindsight is twenty twenty. How they draft, uh, they draft Marvin Bagley the very next pick of Luka Doncic. You never know. But what I will say, the the Knicks are doing is the Knicks are trying to develop a team through free agency, through acquisitions. Wow, that can work. And it has worked in the past. That hasn't really worked recently. Now, you can say, but what about 2019? Actually, you can even go as far as what about 2020 with the Lakers winning in the bubble? They acquired LeBron. They acquired Anthony Davis. I can I can see where you're coming at. They acquired most of that team. Dwight Howard, Rajon Rondo. Morris brother, they I, I can see where you're going with that, and you're absolutely right. Hell, you can even look 2019. The uh, the t- Toronto Raptors acquired Kawhi Leonard. I I'm picking up what you're putting down. I know what you're saying, but let's look at the last three or two. Let's look at the last two winners, right? Milwaukee drafted Giannis, drafted Chris Middleton. Drafted a lot of those players, and of course they were able to acquire players like uh, Brooke Lopez, players like Drew Holiday, players like Bobby Portis, who are really big in the finals. However, your the two most important players were drafted by you, which was Chris Middleton and Giannis Antetokounmpo. You can look at this finals. I mean, we just talked about everyone that was drafted in Golden State. What I'm saying is the Kings, I mean, not the Kings, the Knicks continue to try and develop a team through free agency and through trades and through acquisitions. But as we're seeing with some of the moves that they made, at least yesterday or at least in the in the draft, it's not working. When you have to trade the 11th overall pick and the 13th pick, or when you have to trade Jalen Duran just to get off of a Kimball Walker, who you got a year ago, you know something's going wrong. And it's not the fact that, it's the fact that they're not even swinging for the fences with some of these draft picks. They're, not, they're really not at all. They're just, Let's just let's just try to figure out. Let's just hope someone like a Kyrie Irving. Let's hope someone like a Kevin Durant. Let's hope someone like, you know, acquiring Julius Randle. Let's hope they can bring us to the promised land. That doesn't work. Oh, and that that very rarely works. And if it does work, that's because you have a Kyrie Irving. You have a Kevin Durant, which they do not have. It's very rare that a, a new acquisition just drastically changes the team. Yes, I know I talked about the Lakers with LeBron James and Anthony Davis. And I also know I talked about Toronto Raptors with Kawhi Leonard. 
But those are those are generational players. LeBron, Kyrie, LeBron, AD, and Kawhi. And you really want to know something? It doesn't always work with those players. Look at the look at the uh, Clippers. You have Kawhi, you have Paul George. They went to the conference finals once, and that's with Paul George. Kawhi Leonard was injured. All I'm saying is, we talk about. I talk about this before, man. I talk about this a lot about inco- incompetency. You don't know you're incompetent. Sometimes people don't know they're incompetent, and sometimes you do know you're incompetent. You just don't know how to get up out of it. And I don't know where the King or the Knicks are at, but. It's not just the Knicks. Let me let me just. It's not just the Knicks. It's the Kings. It's the the Wizards. It's man. One of the biggest reasons why teams are called small market teams one is because they don't have enough revenue to really make noise like the bigger teams, like the Golden States, like the Wizards. I mean, not Wizards, like the Lakers, like Boston. Hell, quasi is kept. The Knicks are a big market team just because they're in New York. But a lot of, uh, you know how a small market team, Golden State was a small market team. They started winning. Now, yes, I, I know it's damn near impossible to get a Steph Curry. But that's a small market team. Golden State was a small market team. Yes, money changes a lot of things. But so does winning. So does attracting more of an audience. So attracting bigger players. Players don't want. I put money if Orlando. If Orlando was more of a winning destination, more players would go there. Same with Houston. If Houston won more. And actually show that they knew how to really develop a roster. A lot of more players would go there outside of just James Harden. James Harden having to be traded there. And of course he's out. Chris Paul, out. Uh, Russell Westbrook, out. Dwight Howard, out. All I'm saying is teams like the Knicks, teams like the Kings, teams like the Wizards, teams like that, man. Just got to figure it out, bro. You, there's, there's shit. I Look. Every single draft, we shouldn't look at the Knicks picks or the Kings picks and think to themselves, well, they could have been better. That is a problem. (laughs) That is a problem. So, I don't know, man. But again, I know it. Damn, that's kind of like I killed them. But shouts out to all the players uh, and all the the, the people that got drafted uh, what a couple nights ago, man. You, everyone deserves it. Shouts out to all you guys. I'm excited. I'm excited to see them actually, you know, excel and play against NBA caliber players. So, shouts out to you guys. And if and, and again for the people that didn't get drafted, that you know are gonna sign summer league deals or gonna sign two way player or two way contracts with you know league or player teams. That doesn't mean, you know, keep keep grinding, keep doing it. Again, look at Fred Van Vliet. Look at, look at a couple of other players. Like, it, just because you're not drafted doesn't mean anything. Hell, P.J. PJ Tucker wasn't drafted, I don't believe. So, hey, man, y'all can do it, bro. Shouts out to y'all. So, let's move forward, man. <laughs> let's, 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 
Let's attack this this Kyrie Irving situation. Let me first say, Kyrie has not said a word yet. I do want to make that very clear, that Kyrie Irving has not said a word yet. He has not confirmed any of these lists. He has not confirmed any of this news. He has not denied any of or he's not denied anything. Kyrie Irving has not said anything. So this all this is coming off the backs of Sham and, and Warjanowski and sources. I'm just gonna preference that or preference what I say with that. Kyrie Irving has not said a word. And while that is true. And while that could be a good thing, because all these reports could be false, and Kyrie could be loving staying in Brooklyn, that's also a problem that Kyrie Irving has not said a word. So for people that don't know, Kyrie Irving has had a... uh, Let's say a bumpy road when it comes to Brooklyn. He's been there for three years. I think out of 123 games, I think he's only played like 103 and missed 123. That's it. Now, I forgot, you know, when when players are holding out or in contract negotiations, people love to bring up things you forgot. Like, I completely forgot about Kyrie was one of the lead voices in telling players not to go to the bubble. Knowing that if you would not have gone, if the league would have said, no, we're not doing the bubble, that would have just completely destroyed the, the, the bargaining agreement between the players and the teams. I completely forgot Kyrie Irving was one of the main people that said, hey, yo, no, no we, we shouldn't go. I completely forgot. Kyrie Irving did miss two weeks because he was so distraught about what happened at the Capitol. You know, the, the June or January 6th insurrection. He was so distraught. He missed two weeks. I forgot about that. <laughs> and of course, that is on top of, you know, the injuries, the, the injuries. So the reports now is that Brooklyn is trying to give Kyrie Irving a deal. I think they're trying to give him a max deal. But he wants stipulation, or they want stipulations, probably about you know, probably centered around games played, availability. Seeing as though Kyrie Irving hasn't been all that available, again, he's made he's played in one hundred and three games for Brooklyn. He's missed one hundred and twenty three, I believe, in three years. So, uh, <laughs> um, now. One thing that Jalen Rose does point out, and that I point out a lot, is these last three seasons have been have not been the norm. I mean, you've crowned three champions in like twenty months. I mean, think about it. just 
a year and a half ago, we crowned the Lakers. There was a bubble. We crowned the Lakers as champions. And then you go, then you crown the Bucks, then you crown Golden State. So these these last three years due to COVID and due to the season stopping and, and the season restarting and the ex- accelerated offseason, this has been this hasn't been the norm. This has been the exception. But with that being said, man, Kyrie has missed Kyrie. <laughs> Kyrie has missed some games. For some reasons that I would not have expected him to miss. Hell, I'm a black man, and I felt some type of way about the June or January 6th insurrections. I was at work January 7th. <laughs> now, granted, I'm not making millions upon millions, but I was at work January 7th. Yeah, I felt some type of way, or I didn't. I was a little cautious about players playing in the bubble. Because it's like, are they really going to... I mean, you got to be away from your family for, what, a couple months? Are they sure that this is Loctite? What happens if one person... I was was a little skeptical. But I wasn't saying, hey, yo, don't go. Because, I mean, look at Avery Bradley. He decided not to go. You have an option not to go. (laughs) But I wasn't telling people, hey, yo, don't go. Don't go, bro. Don't go. <laughs> was it? I know to mess up the the player, you know, the bargaining agreement. But don't, hey, stand up, man, be a man. No, I wasn't, nah. Oh my gosh! And the whole vax situation. Look, and I said this before. I can't tell someone what to do with their bodies. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but I can't tell someone what to do with their own bodies. I can't tell someone what they think they should or should not put in their bodies. But I do think Brooklyn would have been a tad bit better if Kyrie would have got back and played the whole majority of the season. Hell, look at Andrew Wiggins. Andrew Wiggins was on the same boat. I'm not getting, you know, I'm not getting vaccinated. <laughs> Looked how much she was finna lose. And knew Golden State had a shot to do something special. He was like, all right, you know what? I'm not, I, I can't afford to lose that money. I can't afford not to do this. So let's get vaccinated. Boom. He was, you know. He was, he was, he was injured. He was, he was very important for the NBA Finals. So what I say is this: Kyrie Irving and Brooklyn is in a very uncomfortable situation. They're in a very uncomfortable situation because I understand Kyrie's point. I really do. I understand Kyrie's point, saying, "Point saying, yo, I'm Kyrie Irving." I'm a top five, in a lot of people's eyes, I'm a top five point guard in this league. You're going to give me, I want the max because at least for this team, I deserve the max because of my skill set. And I don't care about none of these stipulations. Again, these last three years have been an outlier. 
Next year, I should be fully healthy. Next year, I shouldn't have to miss games due to a vaccine mandate. Next year, none of that should happen. Like, I should be good. So I get that. I get that. And I also get Brooklyn's point. Why will we give you all the, you know, a five-year, four-year max and not put stipulations where you have been unavailable for us more than you've been available? While you have been available, you were great. You have been unavailable for us more than you've been available. And it's not the fact that you've been unavailable because of injury most of the time. A lot of the times it's because you just were not available for one reason or another. And that reason mostly was not injury. So I get both sides. And I think both sides are in a tough spot. For 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 Kyrie's side, I'm not going to say it's a lot of – so he gave Brooklyn, what, six teams. I know Lakers, Clippers, Knicks, um, the Miami Heat, the Philadelphia 76ers, and there was one more team. Don't remember. But he gave them pretty much six teams saying, hey, if you do decide – if we do not work a deal out, I would like to go to these teams. The problem is you need Brooklyn to agree to a sign trade. And you're also going to need the other team to agree to a sign trade, meaning they're going to have to give up some huge assets to get you because of how big and how massive his contract is going to be. So that you already put them in a pickle. You're in a pickle because it's just like, how how am I going to if I afford Kyrie, right? Like let's say one of the one of the teams was the Clippers. Say you you give up, I don't know. You give up Norman Powell, you give up Robert Covington, you give up Reggie Jackson. Three huge pieces for the Clippers. While yes, you have Kyrie, Kawhi Leonard, and Paul George is that alone when you just give up two really good defenders and a good backup point guard is that going to really move the needle the best team I can see him going to is the Lakers you have LeBron you have Anthony Davis that's a big three the problem is though who are you giving up I don't look and for Brooklyn Brooklyn is in a bad situation because they know or there's a feeling that if Kyrie gets traded or Kyrie goes Kevin Durant's also leaving and the last thing you want is to not only lose Kyrie Irving in an offseason lose Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in one offseason everything that could have possibly gone wrong for uh, Brooklyn has so I understand it's it's a, they're in a tough situation. Both both, I don't know how this is gonna fare. I think I understand, man. I can I understand both sides. I think Kyrie is better off playing alongside KD. I still don't think a KD, Kyrie, and Ben Simmons led team is going to win a championship. 
especially when you have Milwaukee, especially when you have Boston, especially we'll see what goes on with Philadelphia. But I don't know, man. It's I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough. Cause I don't I don't know what you do. I do not know what you do. I do I will say this about Kyrie though. And I think this is a cautionary tale for Kevin Durant and cautionary tale for anyone that decides to be to attach themselves to Kyrie Irving. Kyrie is a supremely talented player. Kyrie, if you just look at his talent, deserves to be on the NBA 75 list. But there's a reason why something happens to Kyrie or something happens with Kyrie every destination he's been in from Cleveland to Boston to Brooklyn. And while he's a supremely talented player, I wouldn't hitch my career or attach my career to his because he's very unpredictable. And that is, I think Kyrie is a great talent. But that is not an arguable argument. We've just, we've seen, we have a track record now. So I don't know how this Kyrie Irving thing is going to go. I'm not going to talk about it that much until something happens. But uh, it's it's Brooklyn is in a both of them. I know a lot of people don't talk about both of them are in a tough spot because who are you going to give up to get Kyrie? Yes, I think that there will be teams that are willing to give something up to get Kyrie Irving, especially. I mean, but hell, look at some of the teams that he put like Miami Heat. You think Miami Heat's going to let you sit out for two weeks? Because you feel bad about an insurrection that you weren't even at? Or you think they're going to... I mean, they've been killing Kyrie, Kyle Lowry because he didn't meet the the 18% body fat requirement to play on that team. So, I don't know, man. I, I do want to see the best for both Brooklyn and Kyrie. Uh, and again, I don't know what's going to happen. Especially, and KD. I don't know what's going to happen, but uh, yeah, we'll see, man. We will see. Move forward. The Stanley Cup, man. Now, as I'm recording this, game what? Game five is tonight. Game five actually is starting in a couple minutes. Um, right now, the Colorado Avalanche are up. The Tampa are up against the Tampa Bay Lightning, three to one. I should have seen it coming. <laughs> I know. I, I just feels like every pick I've chosen was wrong. Now, granted, I thought, you know, a team like, for instance, Golden State. Golden State was chasing history. They were chasing that solidify that dynasty four championships in eight years. They were trying to get Steph Curry his first finals MVP. They were just they were trying to get Clay another championship, seeing as though with the injury. Like they Golden State was chasing history. Hell, Golden State was chasing the three peat too in 2019. If if everyone didn't break down, in my opinion, I thought that they would have won. You know, Clay Thompson, if Kevin Durant, if Bookie Cousins, if Steph Curry didn't hurt his hand. I think 
if everyone was healthy, people understand how it's hard and 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 how once you once you're on the cusp of history, you try to do it. So I think if they were all healthy in 2019, they would have repeat uh, would have three-peated. I, they tried. They were chasing history, being winning four championships in eight years this year, and they won. So I thought a team like Tampa Bay that was trying to chase history and and win, win have complete a three-peat. <sighs> I just completely overlooked the fact that the Colorado Avalanche has lost three games this entire playoffs. Three. I overlooked the fact that they destroyed the Tampa Bay Lightning in game two, 7-0. I completely overlooked the fact that not just that, they've been destroying people. The Colorado Avalanche have been destroying people. I overlooked all that. Also overlooked the fact that they are 32-5-4 at home. The, Av- the Colorado Avalanche has had an historic season. I overlooked that. And now whether they win tonight, whether they win tonight or win, there's only been one team in NHL history to come back from a 3-1 deficit. And that was like in 1994 or 1940-something. So it's looking real bleak for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And I just don't see the Colorado Avalanche just falling apart. I just don't see it. So whether they win tonight or win in game six or win in game seven, congratulations to the Colorado Avalanche. It seems like, at least right now, they have won the Stanley Cup. And I believe they will do it tonight. And again, they play in a – why do I keep checking my wrist? Like, I got to watch. <laughs> I think that they, they play they play in a couple minutes, actually. So, <sighs> shouts out to uh, – Shouts out to Colorado, man. Y'all did the things. Moving forward. Oh, Archie Manning picked Texas. That was big. (laughs) Now, I mean, we know the the lineage of quarterbacks has been in that family from Cooper Manning, Peyton Manning, Eli Manning, Archie Manning. Arch Manning, who is the son of Cooper Manning, I believe. Uh, chose Texas, which has kind of surprised a lot of people. They thought, I mean, when you have, when the whole family <laughs> was in the SEC from Old Miss to Tennessee, you would think they, well, now I do know what 2025, uh, Texas will be going to the SEC. So technically, technically he chose the SEC team, but you know, when you had Georgia, when you have Alabama, calling your name and wanting you and then you choose Texas. Hey. And also Volt cuz he was I think Arch, Arch Manning is like the number 1 quarterback in 2023. Uh they did propel them to the top 10 of course recruiting. I think number 1 recruiting right now is Notre Dame and number 10 now is Texas. I do think this is big for Texas. Texas I don't think that, you know, this move is going to propel them to the number one team in college football. I don't believe that at all. But Texas had, you know, Texas is known for having great players. They're known for having the Ricky Williams. They're known for having the Vince Youngs. Um, And they haven't had that in a while. You know what I'm saying? Uh, And to get the number one quarterback 
at least in 2023, is big. I do think that's going to attract a lot more people. Again, I don't think that's just going to propel them to the top, but it's big. It's, it's huge for them, especially a team and a program that is used to high heights uh, that hasn't experienced that in a lot of in, in a couple years. So shouts out to Archie or Arch Manning. Shouts out to Texas. And I think that was that was big. So shouts out to y'all. And then we get to the unpopular topic of the day. How do I approach this? I can't come to your house. Let's let me let me explain this in a way that the people making these decisions would understand. You can't I I can't tell you how to spend your money. You look at me crazy like, how are you going to tell me how to spend my money? I can't come to your house and tell you how to cook your food. I can't tell you how to do something that involves your life and not mine. So when you look at this with the Supreme Court overturning Roe v. Wade. It just, it shows the lack of humanity. And it also shows the fear of people higher up wanting control over things that they should absolutely have nothing control over. I, I am against abortion. Due to spiritual reasons, I'm against abortion. Not saying, but I will say this. I am against abortion due to spiritual reasons. However, I am more against telling somebody what to do with their own body. There's no way that I can wake up every day and tell a lady down the street, hey, I don't care how the hell you got that baby in you. You got to have that. It just doesn't. How does that? I don't understand how that resonates with somebody that you think that you can tell somebody. That you have never met. No, not even that. That you can tell somebody what to do. A woman. What to do with their own body. You know, time and time again, situations like this shows you the Constitution, the Supreme Court, people higher up, excuse my language, really don't give a fuck about women. Because there's no way in heaven to hell you could tell me that you can really think to yourself, I can tell a, a woman what to do with their body. Think You know, this is a this is a woman thing. This is a woman thing. As far as you clearly don't respect women if you think that it's okay to tell them 
what they can do with or without their with their with their own body. And there's not a law. There's not a law. There's not a, a, a trial. There's nothing that that states what a man, what I can do with or without. Yo, it's easier. It is more accessible now in a lot of states to get a gun than it is to get an abortion. A gun that has killed children, multiple children. I don't, I feel like there's a mass shooting every single week, multiple mass shootings every single week. But it's easier to get that than it is for a woman that has been sexually assaulted, that has been raped, to have an abortion in a lot of states. Now, I'm not minimizing other ethnicities. But if you think this is not, if you think this is not boiled in racism, let me just let me just prevent, present some stats to you. Majority of abortion clinics, majority of them, about 78 percent of them in the United States are located in in. Poor neighborhoods. Poor, underdeveloped neighborhoods who lives who are the, who mostly lives in poor and undeveloped neighborhoods. African-Americans or other ethnicities. Another stat for you. Another stat for you. African-American women are the most sexually assaulted. This is stats. If you don't, if you don't believe me, let a white man tell you. Go to Google. African-American women are the most sexually assaulted people in the United States are the most raped people in the United States are the most sexually offended people in the United States yet and still oh and also have the most kids or are impregnated the most due to rape if you don't believe me look it up So while this is a this thing is a situation, never forget who this is targeting. Day after day after day, it feels like women prefer mainly black women are losing their voice in this country. Shit. Losing their voice. A lot of times, they ain't even have them. And the fact that men, men, think they have the say-so in what a woman does with their body. My thing is, why does it matter to you? 
Why does it matter to you? Yo, they still are struggling to find baby formula for the babies that are here. So why does it matter to you? It matters to you because you feel that you are losing control. But my thing is, and excuse my language again, but why the fuck did you have control in the first place? There you have it, man. That's been today's episode of the Unpopular Podcast. Go get the merch. Much love. What you getting into? You say I only hit you up when I got nothing to do. I say it's pride cause I ain't hit you when you wanted me to mm. In a reply I call a ride when you tell me come through mm. Like you would never know the pain that you getting me through mm. So you can tell me it's the same and you using me too Switching lanes, running lies, trying to slide through Are you like, uh, when the flames summer eyes, it's nothing like you Thirsty to hit you up, thirsty to hit some news to the industry, ate you up Cause you pushing my ego and tell me no nigga fuck Be respectful if he did and tell him keep it on the hush Cause I'm the one that gave you traction every time that you got stuck Guess your memory got crushed, forgot I showed up in the clutch Now you up in your zone Empty home, I just consider that alone. Whoa, I think that I've been giving too much credit to myself. I always say I put you on. I'm sure you would have made it on your own, and now I'm texting all these randoms in my phone. Like, what you getting into? I guess the cycle must go on. Like, let me pass this out along. Another shorty, I do wrong. No, I'm bitter, you can hear it in my tone. I need to leave that shit alone. Cause I ain't putting in this song in me, too. I call a ride when you tell me come through Like you would never know the pain that you getting me
the pain.